Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Shooting Stars Premier League podcast. Short Master with Bryce Conway and Alex Grant. Grant, he's got a big old smile on his face this morning. Bright and early for you, Al. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Who am I, Bryce? Hello. Hello. Uh, oh, wrong mic's on. There we go. There you are, Bryce. You're up. Yeah. There we go. Thanks. Thanks for letting me join the podcast this morning. No problem. It. How are we both? Been about 10 days since we last spoke. It does yeah. seem like it's been a while, doesn't it? It has been a while. I've got withdrawals, but very happy to be here again this morning. And biggest, uh, big, what's the biggest thing that's sticking in your mind over the past 10 days, Alex, from the world of footy? From the world of football? Football, not AFL. Um, Perth Glory got a big big result against Rockingham big last yeah, night. That's huge. Probably Lovely cool. facilities at Lark Hill, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they were. They were beautiful. Yeah. So the pre-season's up and running for Perth Glory, but the season is in full swing for the Premier League, as we know. Um, and to kick us off on the Shooting Stars Premier League pod, we're going to be you know, glossing over all the biggest issues in this episode. We're going to touch on the FIFA Awards. The biggest, um, obviously, the biggest issue in the Premier League now is Man United, as it much has been for the, the majority of the season. So that's going to start us off here in the furnace. Suppose when it comes to when it matters, we'll just not quite have it. They're playing with 10 half the time with Mesut Ozil in their team. The worst thing you can ever be thrown at your own team or think of them is being bullied and being weak. Maybe that's that's as good as it gets for them. Okay. Um, Man, you are always in the spotlight. And Alex, you've got a theory on this, probably just because it's Man U. Um... But Mourinho and Pogba have allegedly fallen out here. There is footage of them having a training room disagreement. I've seen the footage. We've all seen the footage. If you haven't seen the footage, go to Twitter and have a look at it. On Sky Sports. Yeah. Yep. Alex, I'll get your immediate, immediate thoughts on this relationship that the media are trying to use to do, to derail their year. Would you not agree? Yeah, look, there's definitely, there definitely appears to be a bit of hostility there um, in the camp. And there's obviously some sort of disagreement. Um, between Pogba and Mourinho. Um, obviously, Pogba's comments at the weekend, where he's when asked about what United need to do to to win games, and he said that they need to attack, attack, attack. And um, the pun the uh, news reporters then asked um how how do they do that, and Pogba replied, "Well, you'll have to ask the manager." It was kind of a a slight dig, and and, yeah. and I just feel it's. It just seems like it's a real immature... Oh, it seems petty, doesn't it? It does, like, disagreement or whatever is going on between the two of them, and and that's it. And as soon as the media grabs hold of it in England, they they grab it by both hands, and, the, and they'll ride it all the way. Well, the media anywhere, if you go on any football-related website at the minute, you scroll down it's, the yeah. page, you look at the first 20 articles, and 11 of them are man new related That's the thing. It's getting a bit boring, this narrative, I feel. They're focused on a, a bit of a... I think it kind of seems a power struggle and as, as to who's the top dog at United in their dressing room. And obviously, it should be Mourinho as the manager, but it, it seems with Pogba's comments and stuff that he's, he's not quite content with Mourinho being the top dog because he's not really happy with his tactics, I'd say. But, it, but then again, it falls on Pogba to start performing as well, and I think he's been... Uh, underwhelming again in the United shirt so far this season yeah. after a very good World Cup campaign with France. He seems a different player for both teams. Well, clearly the tactics or the way that Mourinho plays maybe doesn't fit the way Pogba wants to play. And that's probably where the frustration is coming from. Uh, yeah, I slightly disagree with you, Bryce, because mm. I think Pogba has been good this season. I just think he, he's just lacking that cutting edge. And I think he's he's not probably got the players around him that he did that he does in the French team and that's probably what he's lacking and that's probably yeah. why he's frustrated because he hasn't got the personnel around him. If you watch the game on Saturday, 
he was immense for however long it was before Wolves scored. He gave the ball away in the middle of midfield. And the thing for me is he looks like he looks like he wants he wants other players to do a job for yeah. him. Do you know what I mean? He's like my job's to get the ball, play it around, create chances, score goals if I can. Yeah. Um and if I give the ball away then it's up to someone else to yeah. to cover for my mistake. That's how I see it. And to be fair, like when you're playing for France and then go to United, there is a definite disparity in quality around him. Definitely agree with that. But you can't in that area, as a defender, Granty, why was he turning there? I feel like that was a really daft move by him. He really didn't need to do that. Look, he was sloppy. He got yeah. caught on the ball in the middle of midfield, and it, it's not so much the. It's something that we talk about. Glory. It's not. It's not the mistake you make. It's how you react, react from the mistake. Sure. And and that's something I think in Pogba's game that he really lacks. Because he let Jamatinho kind of off him and have yeah, a free and he run. Yeah. He dawdles back. He, yeah. He, there's no purpose. Yeah, there isn't. There's no in, real intent to get back and win it back. It's just like, oh, someone else will do it for me kind of thing and then they'll give me the ball and then I'll create the chances. Okay. When I'm there can't be anything more frustrating as a defender, Granty, than seeing a midfielder lose the ball and then not react and help out the defence because he's put them under pressure. Well, that's it. But then, it's yeah, like you said, it should be their job then to, to try and win the ball back and everyone should work together. But I feel like there's just... He's not that there at the moment, and I, and it might come down to the captaincy as well. That's another issue that Man United have got. Well, they're whether, cl- they're, yeah. It seems to be like Mourinho doesn't know who his best captain is no. when Valencia is not in the side, and yeah. obviously he started the season with Pogba, much to the surprise of us, particularly me and a lot of people. Yeah, I would suggest. Fair play. Yeah. And then he's now publicly said that he's not going to be the captain anymore. Bryce, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think that's just another kind of power struggle episode or chapter to this ongoing series between the pair that just seem to be feuding this season and I've had a few United fans I saw them on Twitter my boss included that's kind of sick of both of them and just yeah. it's kind of holding United back in a way and it's just distracting from how they should be progressing as a football club well you said it before like we're almost getting bored of having oh, to look, read, read articles about it when you're looking to cover the whole league itself all exactly. the media are writing about United it's dominated by these two about Pogba Mourinho and, and a team that's sitting in seventh it's kind of like yeah. should we not be talking about the quality at the top but yeah, yeah. Well, it is f- very interesting. So obviously, the Pogba Mourinho is the big power struggle, but yeah. there's rumours Zinedine Zidane met with United officials in London. How, how He's in London now, and he's posting photos of him being in London, for those who don't know. So Zidane is in London. Whether or not he actually did meet with United officials, you know, we, would, we don't know. But I highly doubt it. Yeah, as a United fan, like, you look at Zidane's record at Real Madrid, you've got probably the best team in the world at your disposal. And yeah, he did fantastically to win trophies, Personally, I don't think he's a guy that can do the job for a developing team and getting him back to the top because it's a completely different gig. What do I you think? I think it's a bit early to know, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him yeah. The chance. But like, there's definitely it wouldn't be like, oh, this is going to solve everything. I don't think. I think um, that Zidane would love to take the Man United job because he wasn't at Real Madrid long, and he's not. Look, he's won Champions League. Don't get me wrong; his record as a manager now is unreal. But yeah. he's only been a manager for a short space of yeah, time. Yeah, you forget Four that, don't years, you? Man. And you forget that, and that's it. And when you look at that now, and you go, "Well, if he takes over a big club, is it like is it too a big club that's doing well?" I should say, um, is that too soon for him? Is it too much pressure? Whereas Man United, still a massive club, mm. probably on par or there or thereabouts with Real Madrid. And they're in, in terms of like stature, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, for yeah sure. that's what I mean. And yeah. then they're they're still rebuilding um, as they have been doing for the last f- four or five years. So it could, that could be a, a good opportunity for him, but to build a project of his own rather than just kind of inherit a squad and just yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, and put yeah, his yeah. kind of mark on it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So we have to wait and see what happens with uh, Zidane, but. 
general consensus is the Mourinho Pogba thing dragging on a bit. Yeah. We want it resolved because, you know, there's someone's alarm goes off. It's um, always me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, dominating the headlines. But anyway, it's still under the microscope because United, at the end of the day, aren't getting the results still. And that's sort of... If they were getting the results and all this was going on. It wouldn't be... Yeah. Had the draw on the weekend and they, they slipped up the other day as well. Yeah, so. one all at home to Wolves with Sir Alex Ferguson. It was good to see him healthy and back watching football. Mm. So that was good to see. But he kind of... He witnessed a very sluggish performance from United. Yeah, debatable, Bryce. Uh, did like, did you watch it, all of it? Not all of it, no. I, I, I thought United played very well up until... 70. And it looked like... The way they played over the last few weeks, they looked like they'd been getting that form back and they looked like... They had the intent to go win the game, but I said to Stewie before, I said you could always sense that maybe Wolves were going to nick something because they, they were just, I don't know, there was just something in the game when you just knew that, that United weren't putting them to bed like they have done United teams in the past, and, and that was the issue. Yeah, teams are now going to Old Trafford with their, I mean, especially a team like Wolves. It's, I think it's remiss of people to look at Wolves as a promoted side because they, they are, really they well. are a very, they're a good yeah. side, and yeah. I think they're going to challenge for those Europa League spots in the coming years. Mm. And they they come to Old Trafford. It doesn't seem to be that you know fear factor for teams going there at the no. moment. And Wolves kind of showed that because he always like they looked like they were they were a threat despite yeah you know I just couldn't put them to the sword and yeah. Well, anyway, 74,489 fans at Old Trafford on the weekend. So the fans are still turning up. So yeah, and, they, and they always will because they of the will. site, yeah. because of the club and who they are. All right, let's go to the next biggest result here. Um, we're going to go to Burnley because Burnley have had a... <laughs> that is saying <laughs> How's that? isn't it? Burnley, it's usually an oxymoron. Obviously, in a big Man result. City won 5-0 away. Yep. Um, we're focusing on Burnley here because it was sort of a stock standard week. Weekend in the Premier League yeah, wasn't it was. Price, so Yeah, it was. There wasn't anything too shocking for anyone, sort of. To no real thrills and spills besides Burnley, who'd who'd been absolutely and deplorable a, this season, smashing Bournemouth and have beaten a good Bournemouth team. Yeah, Eddie Howe's done a great job with them this season, and they just got belted at Turf Moor. How does a team turn it around and win four nil after struggling for you know had had defensive issues for a lot of the year, you know injury issues and then couldn't go score. Bang. They beat a team that it can score goals as well. Definitely, I think it was it was really nice and nice to see Aaron Lennon uh, tear it up on the wing. He's throughout his career, he really hasn't scored enough goals as a winger, and I think he it was good to see him put one away, and he assisted a couple as well. It was it was a blast in the past really seeing Aaron Lennon up and about? But I think it was obviously fully deserved. Oh, I mean, Bournemouth had a couple of early chances actually. To be yeah. fair, yeah. Um, so but even then, it, yeah, mate, if you're winning four 0 you got to take that, go that with both hands. And credit to I don't think we should read too much into it. To be honest with you, it's no. one result. Yeah, uh, means nothing. Still a surprise. It's, it is a good result. Yeah, it is a good result. A big result in the scheme of their season. Though. Definitely yeah, needed it. It, it. That's probably one where they'll look at it now and go, "Well, this is where our season starts again." Now we yeah set the get back on track. Yeah, and that's it. And yeah. continue week in week out now playing like that. And teams do like to do that. From your playing days, obviously, if you go on a bad run and you get a big result, is that a lot of the time the mentality in the dress, in the dressing room where you're prepared to sort of hit the reset button from that point? Yeah, without a doubt. And that's what that's what you're waiting for. You're waiting for that result. Um, you know, if you've if you've been on the back of a string of like three or four losses or whatever, say, or you can't you haven't won a win in a while, um, yeah, you definitely um, you want to hit the reset button when you get that win. Absolutely. Well, Burnley have done that and they have the opportunity to crack on now. Um, let's go to Arsenal because they've steadied very much so. They've beat a mid-table Everton team, it has to be said, 2-0 uh, at home. But I think the biggest talking point out of this one will be that the most expensive strike force in the Premier League probably, uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang, who are playing as a two up top, which is nice to see, sort of winding back the clock as Emery and playing two 
bona fide strikers in the same side. They both got on the score sheet within three minutes of each other. And the question has always been, can they play in the same team together? But they are, and they look like they're doing well, Bryce. Seems to be doing okay, but I watched this entire game and Arsenal were lucky, if I'm going to be honest. Okay. I thought Everton came to the Emirates with a lot of purpose and they seemed a more polished side for a majority of that game. And then in the, I'd say the few, that the five to ten minutes um, before Arsenal's opener, Everton looked like they were, they were really threatening. They were going to look like they were going to nick a win there. And then it, that first goal really took the wind out of their sails. And then um, Aubameyang got the second just three minutes later, which was clearly offside, okay. by like a country mile. So Ozil did great on the counter-attack to deliver the ball across. Ramsey made a meal out of it to get a tap in. And he kind of back-heeled it to Aubameyang with a simple finish. And he was a good two yard, two to three yards offside. So another VAR decision that, you know, if VAR was there, it could have been helped out for Everton. It would have been one nil. It could have been still a game. But Everton unlucky, but it just seems Everton don't have a goal scorer up top. Richarlison's a bit of a winger that can cut inside and his decision-making isn't fantastic at times, although he has been good this season. I just, I think Everton are going to be another one and going to be another season for them. They just don't really do much. Mm, they didn't really replace Lukaku and they've had their Huge void. Charleston obviously was in form and then got banned for three games Yeah, uh, from his yeah. red card. So I guess his momentum was gone with that suspension. Yeah, that, that's, uh, they've drawn two and lost two in their last four games, Everton. So it's, yeah, it's not looking great. But I think their coach, I think it's, yeah. But for Arsenal, they've gone from losing... Early yeah, they've games, definitely the big steady. sides and they've steadied and now they're winning ugly in a way. Yeah, which is not what you expect from Arsenal, winning ugly. So, yeah, it's a different side to them. Maybe that's what Emery brings to their side, a bit of grit. They're still leaking chances, though, which is probably a bit of a concern. Socrates I mean, Pit- and Mustafi. Last year, Peter Cech made six saves, got man of the match, you know, so he's he's pulling them out. Yeah, man of the match for a keeper and a 2-0 win's a bit like a bit of an indicator of how that game went. There yeah. you go. Uh, mm, that is interesting, very, very much so. All right, well, Arsenal are steadying. Um, what do you make of Jordan Pickford's six-year extension with Everton? Is that too long for a player these days? It's just, Alex, I mean, you're a player. I mean, in the A-League, there isn't really that many six-year deals that fly around because it's, players move around more than maybe the Premier League. Is, is six years too long, do you think? I, I, Pet, I don't uh, think check, so. Check Tioto signed a six-year contract with Newcastle back in 2010. I think contracts nowadays mean absolutely nothing. Um, you can't read into it. Six years means nothing because a club could come in and put an offer on the table for him and why would a club give someone a six year deal to raise his value exactly so that when someone does come in to buy him they see he still has three or four years left on his contract and they have to pay an absolute packet to get yeah. him out of that contract and get him it's just about protecting the it's club like, it's like compensation yeah exactly sense. Yeah. so yeah. You, you pay a transfer fee but then he might be worth X amount but hang on a minute he's got a five or six year deal on his contract as well you need to pay an extra whatever it is to cover that cost as well and the more years that are on the contract, the more expensive that player's going to yeah. cost. And obviously, it's the more security for that player. So they're happy to sign it because they're getting exactly. that wage or whatever. Exactly. For that it's w- yeah, it's win win for the player because he stays stays at the club for six years on a load of money, or the club offloads him for a lot of money as well. And he gets another deal, another long term deal somewhere else. Mm. So, yeah. I Look, yeah, I'd love a six year deal. <laughs> <laughs> Pop, if you're listening, yeah. mate. Six years, please. <laughs> No, it's uh, it sort of just strikes me though that this is such an investment for the club because I mean, like Czech Tiote, Czech Tiote wasn't playing, you know, wasn't even near the first team for three for the back end of his deal. Obviously, went to China and obviously isn't around anymore. But um, yeah, like he left 
I was sort of stopped playing about three years into that contract and sort of checked out it wasn't even around the first team. So yeah, it I can, just wonder the, the, the backfire yeah, potential. It, it can definitely backfire. Players can kind of plateau, but I think Pickford's one of those players. He's very young and just played at a World Cup and did very well for England. So these stars, his stocks are rising for sure well, and it seems yeah, to keep going, yeah. He's a, he's a keeper to start with, that's one thing. So he could be playing until his late 30s. Longevity there is huge. 40, so yeah, that, like, like you said, longevity. Yeah, there. it was good to see a few of his tweets from when he was a teenager saying he just loves his Nandos and he, there was like three tweets where he's just like Nandos for the first time in a month this going to go down a treat <laughs> I think Nandos is on the cards first day back and Nandos like I said hashtag loyalty hashtag dedication <laughs> so after that six year deal you think he'd be uh, shouting a few of the boys a few uh, cheeky peri peri chickens yeah. Nandos yeah, yeah. I just thought a note as well he actually Jordan Pickford's conceded 18 goals in his five Premier League appearances against Arsenal which is an interesting start. That's more than a bogey team. Yeah, it is, it's not a, a great team. Oh, no, actually, I, th- I think that's the most goals in any fixture in the Premier League that Arsenal ever took. It is, 100, actually. 153 yeah, yeah. goals. Yeah, in that unbelievable. Fixture. 153 goals yeah. in that fixture alone. In the era of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. cracking fixture. There you go. That is massive. All right, we'll go to Liverpool. They uh, are getting the wins. Obviously, they lost last night. We're recording this on a Thursday morning. They lost last night in the in the cup against Chelsea. Oh yeah, first competitive loss for the season, which was woke up at four nineteen a.m. and we were one 0 up with Sturridge scoring a bicycle kick. Happy days. I'll go to bed. I can rest easy. Wake up at six and Hazard's come off the bench and they've won two one. So knocked Liverpool out. So and that was disappointing. But again, yeah, Southampton on the weekend pretty. Stress-free, 3-0, stock standard win. I guess for Southampton, the fact they didn't have Danny Ings, who's been their man this season, not in the side because he was playing on his loan, loan yeah. loanee or his parent club yeah. uh, Even in not, Liverpool. Yeah. So they probably lost a bit through that. I oh, didn't have a goal scorer, yeah. Nah. They, they kind of accepted it after that first half. That Serena Dan was kind of like, you could just see. And even Mark Hughes said it was just, just what can you do? Like, yeah. there's a better side. but And he usually has a bit of a whinge about the referees and stuff. He just had nothing to complain about. But I think the most promising thing for me as a Liverpool fan we're seeing Harry Wilson for Derby County playing for Frank Lampard's Derby County side uh, knocking United out of the uh, that's irrelevant this Carabao is, this Cup why, why are you bringing this up this Cause is it's, irrelevant because it's Bryce. Derby nobody knows who he He's, is well, they it's will not now. the Premier League if, if anyone wants some good viewing go watch Harry Wilson's goal against United that 30 yard free kick knuckleball the young Welshman it was fantastic <laughs> it's, mate it's one of the best goals I've seen this season Unbelievable. Right. Let's a- edit this bit up. Right. Let's, let's, oh, let's, no let's, chance. Let's rein it in. Mohamed Salah, Salah got his uh, got a goal and all those fantasy players that dropped him to bring in Mane will be uh, really unhappy with themselves because Salah got the goal in the 48th minute in the first half. Yeah, it was important for him to get back on the score sheet, I think, and important for my crap fantasy team. I'm struggling, boy. Mm. I really am. Yeah, but no, another sort of run-of-the-mill 3-0 win for Liverpool. And similar to Man City, 5-0 against Cardiff. And Cardiff are in all sorts of trouble, but not many teams can beat Man City. But a 5-0 away victory this time around. Standard stuff for them, do you think? Or Cardiff? Is it, I think, do you read into that at all? Or nah? I think Cardiff, last time they were in the Premier League, they spent a packet and it didn't work out. And then so this time they've got promoted again. They're kind of like, okay, let's spend nothing. And it's not turning out well either. So they're kind of... Kind of shooting themselves. They have to invest in January, otherwise they I think they're completely doomed. It just looks like them and Huddersfield look to be the front runners to get relegated this season. Yeah, they need to change something, don't they? I, I just think if you, when you're down there, if you're beating or you're picking up points against the teams around you, that's probably the main focus. It's the bigger clubs aren't much of a concern. Um, you're not expected to beat those kind of clubs, so if you do 
pick anything up, that's a bonus. But like I said, you you've got really you do have to put some emphasis on the on the games around from teams around you in the league and and that's what Cardiff need to do, be hard to beat at home and, and try and pick up points away. And like City, I mean it's a good response after losing in the Champions League at home to Leon, so it was good to see them react like that. But yeah, five nils just away from home. No, it doesn't matter who you're playing in the Premier League to do that. I mean that's a good result from them and I think they will do that to a few teams this season yeah very much so Newcastle still haven't got that victory uh, Brighton you know Tottenham beat Brighton Harry Kane got another goal he's been a bit down on form said publicly that he hasn't been the best start so it's good for him uh, West Ham nil Chelsea nil Chelsea dropped their first points I mean no cause for concern there that was Just always a, bound to happen yeah board draw there yeah. West Ham seemed to be improving a win and a draw after losing their first four games so it's good to see them kind of starting to gel and they beat Macclesfield, my old team. Oh no, the Silkman. Eight nil. Eight nil last night oh. in the League Cup. So they can, but they West Ham can take some confidence going into this week's game against Man United. So it doesn't matter who you play. if you win eight nil, it's it'll get anyone up and about. Definitely, and I just think that like teams just aren't scared of, of facing United now. They just there isn't that fear factor. I know we spoke about it before, but yeah, West Ham can go there and and uh, and definitely get some points uh, what is it at Old Trafford again um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it is I'm, it might not be I'm, I'm no it's, a, it's at London Stadium I mean I mean, it's no real advantage to yeah. West Ham there, London Stadium West Ham home game but anyway alright we'll leave those fixtures there we'll leave the Premier League there because there's been other big news in the world of football uh, that's involving a lot of Premier League players we're going to go to the FIFA awards that happened earlier in the week um, Bryce I know you've got all the all the awards in front of you there no, nah, no, I'm off by heart, mate. I do, yeah. Okay, <laughs> the biggest one is Luka Modric winning the FIFA Best Men's Player. Yeah, how which... bad is that name, by the way? Mm. Gone from Ballon d'Or, such a Ooh. prestigious name and sounds fantastic, to the best well, awards. I think the change now is that there's two separate awards, one offered by FIFA and then one offered by the French magazine oh, company right. that offer the Ballon d'Or. They just amalgamated them for eight years uh. or whatever it was. But now FIFA give their best... And the other Ballon d'Or, which has all the... on the Ballon d'Or gives out their best. So, Ronaldo and Messi could still win the Ballon d'Or and then still have six Ballon d'Ors <laughs> and they'll still be yeah. considered... Yeah, uh, I think... What do you... I but mean, no, no Messi or Ronaldo, at, firstly, at the ceremony and Luka Modric was there and he won it. I I is, that, is that why he won it? Cause he's, yeah, they're just like, well, they're not here. So, yeah. <laughs> who wants it? Ah, oh, Modric, yeah, go on, right? Yeah, have it, have yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, deserve yeah. it. You had a good, you had a good season. I Are we happy with that? I, th- I think it's refreshing... To see someone besides Messi and Ronaldo winning it, um, had someone I said that to someone yesterday, and they brought up the point. Well, isn't it such an astounding feat that Ronaldo and Messi have been able to? I mean, be so good for so long and consistent. But I just I think Modric carrying Croatia to a World Cup final for the first time in their history, and then one that winning the Champions League again with Real Madrid, and he was a pivotal part of that. Um, I think it's I think it's deserved. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would argue that point, though, with Ronaldo's impact last year. But he, he won with 29% of the vote, a full 10% in front of Ronaldo. I mean, it, it's a fan's vote at the end of the day. What, what, Grani, what do you think yeah. about fans being given the vote rather than selected coaches and players? It, it wouldn't mean as that. much, would it? Well, like, yeah, like any fan, they, they've always, there's always bias, isn't there, and, mm. and things like that towards teams and players. And I think, yeah, maybe... With, you can't read too much into it because, um, yeah, sometimes fans can have the blinkers on and and only look at with tunnel vision and look at it in one respect and and not in another. And I think yeah, you can't read too much into 
into the um, the funds vaults. Well, I guess the biggest uh, one, the biggest, most controversial story out of all of this was Mohamed Salah winning the best goal or the Pushkas Award, which, well, yeah. is, which is the best goal for um, last season. And obviously, Riley McGee. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, scorpion kick. The scorpion kick from the, the A-League was nominated. You know, Gareth Bale's Gareth Bale's bicycle, bicycle kick, kick in the Ronaldo's. Champions League final yeah. Ronaldo's and that's what I mean there's probably like the fans vote for it so there's uh, obviously bias towards Mo Salah because of how liked he is um, in his home nation yeah, well, everywhere he is, yeah. behind him, yeah. he's a good character and he to have in, in the game so yeah look there was, there was definitely better candidates did to you win see, that award did you see the goal that won it? Salah's goal yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, it's not even his best goal no, last season no. I just, it's bizarre to me yeah. he, and it, obviously he came third in the voting for the best do you know how many goals Salah had nominated though or was that his only one nominated I just wonder how many he couldn't tell you how many he had nominated, nominated but yeah. I mean every player that's kind of from Liverpool side or whatever of his teammates at Egypt reposting it being like that wasn't even his best yeah. goal he scored about 15 of these type of goals yeah. last season it's very strange and again just goes to show what happens when you let fans vote yeah, so that's the biggest takeaway, I guess. So. Oh, and actually, sorry, I was really interesting. Mbappe is 19, ranked fourth in those those awards. I mean, he's already won a World Cup. He's won plenty of league titles in France. He's won all these awards already. I just feel like he's going to be that next icon besides the Ronaldo and Messi that's coming after that kind of generation. Yeah, yeah definitely. Look, definitely. He's in the FIFA World Pro Best 11 as well, and that team has... Uh, Danny Alves, Marcelo, Sergio Ramos, Rafael Varane, Eden Hazard, Angolo Kante, Luka Modric, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kylian Mbappe, and Lionel Messi. So Kent. that's voted for by the players, I believe, because I voted for that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Who did you vote for, for Al? I can't remember off the top of my head, but a lot of the names that were in there then. Yes, I've so the FIFA... Defenders, though, who did you vote for? Um, the I FIFA, FIFA Pro World Eleven, as voted by thousands of professional players from oh, around right. the world. Yep. That's cool, mate. <laughs> yeah. That'd actually be pretty so sweet receiving yeah. that. So your vote went into that? It did. Yeah. yeah. Lovren, I think, had it centre-half with uh, Varane. Yeah? Yeah. Mate, he's, I mean, Lovren, obviously, is the best defender in the world. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely up there. Yeah? Yeah. Without a doubt. Well, there you go. That's the, the, the FIFA Awards. Luka Modric, the best male player, uh, probably from his World Cup exploits, as we said. Okay. More news, more FIFA news here. And this, I guess... Uh, We'll bring up an interesting topic of conversation from the perspective of loans and especially clubs like Chelsea, how this will affect the way they go about their business. So, this is courtesy of Sky Sports. Uh, reform, so FIFA transfer reform will regulate the loan system. So, the uh, reforms being put up were agreed, were agreed upon by the FIFA Football Stakeholders Committee at a meeting in London on Monday this week. Now, FIFA has agreed to reform the global transfer system, which will regulate the number of players that clubs can loan out. So the governing body is keen to ensure young players are loaned out for their development rather than the commercial gain of their parent club. Now, reports have suggested FIFA wish to limit the number of players a club can lend each season uh, to between six and eight, but no exact figure has been decided. So Chelsea, for instance, could be affected by the changes as they have 40 players out on loan including Kurt Zuma at Everton, Tammy Abraham at Aston Villa, and Trevor Shalaba at Ipswich. So any significant reduction of the loan limit imposed by FIFA may well mean Chelsea will have to alter their loans, um, So, which would mean more players have to be sold off, and they can't just keep players in their books for 10 seasons and never play them. Yeah. You know, and they build careers kind as, of as loan talent. Yeah. Yeah. Just, th- in, just in case. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, the most important thing as a young player, Grant, you probably testament to this, is that... You need need first team football action as in order to develop as a player. But yeah. is, does it get to a point where 
if you're getting loaned out for more than a year, like year two, years three years, and to three different clubs, that it becomes detrimental to your development? Or how do you see it with how Chelsea kind of go about their business with all their loans? Yeah, that's one thing. When I was in England, Chelsea always did have a lot of... Every time you play another team, they'd always have a Chelsea player in. Oh, so it's not new. It's not no. It's not new. They've, 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 they've done it for a while. players out on loan. That's a whole squad in itself. How many players are they allowed to have on their books? But that's that. That could stem from the youth, youth teams. Team, so they got youth team players out on loan, and uh, and they've got links with clubs over overseas. Is it Arnhem? Arnhem, Vitesse, Vitesse, Arnhem? I think yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Maybe I think that's the Netherlands. Yeah, that sister club over there. So they loan a lot of players to them. And look, it is it's great, and especially if a lot of them are. Uh, are English born and it's good for the for the national team over there bringing players through um, but I remember playing new teams um, at Chelsea and some of the players they had were unreal but they get shipped out on loan and they kind of get unheard of and they do a lot of them fall away and they go out from loan to loan and then they never actually find a club that like takes that hold home. of them yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I think yeah that could probably have an effect on them eventually well I heard Josh McEachern was on well McEachern yeah I remember McEachern yeah. you might have heard the same audio he was on um, he did an interview with BBC on their 5 Live and it's quite recent and he was just saying that because now he's playing in League One or League Two, so right. he's fallen right down. He was the golden boy when I first really moved to exactly, yeah, he yeah. was, and he was like touted for England and all this. But he was saying when Mourinho went back to Chelsea, McEachern um, was sort of in and around the first team and had been out and alone, and was saying that he got back to Chelsea from alone, and one was thought he was in amongst the first team, yeah. and then didn't even get told by any of the managers that he wasn't training with the first team. He had to go train with the loan group. So Chelsea quite literally have their own. <laughs> loan group that train together wow and don't train with the first team so you're sort of saying he felt completely lost and didn't want to be there alienate you from yeah, the rest of the did, squad didn't feel uh, welcomed in the, in the club anymore and it was sort of but the fact that Chelsea have their own loan group which is sort of epitomised by the fact they have 40 of the 40 players out on loan yeah it's uh, not many other clubs do it this way so maybe the reform is needed Bryce yeah I mean he's at he's at Brentford now in the championship so it's I mean great league for him to be in but considering what he was being touted as as the rising star of England and things like that. It's it's really disappointing to see that. And he got a bit of luck under, I think it was Ant- when Ancelotti was there, when he started getting some time. But yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a tale that I think isn't talked about enough, is how loans can affect players' careers. And I mean, Grant, you'll probably agree with this, is that you n- you need a base and be comfortable in where you're playing and the city and know where you are and things like that in order to get your best performances? Or do you think that pressure can, can bring the best out of players? Yeah, look, we spoke about it with Joe Hart um, a few pods, of, pods ago and how him being at a club now where he can call his own kind of thing which can help his confidence and, you know, he'll feel part of, of that system and that, and that make-up. Um, and, yeah, when you do go out on loan, you, you never feel that attached to to the club itself so it, it it can be difficult um knowing that you're being watched still from your from your parent club um but like i said when you're young it is good it's great for development because that's what players need they need to go out on loan they need to get that first team experience for them to develop um saying that needs to be the, uh, the right standard for them and yeah you know there's no point going out on loan if you're not going to play because some players do that as well they go and they don't even get games so is it harder to get along with the lads and stuff when they know you're on loan you you know you've got better things and bigger things on your mind when this is their their graft you know what i mean uh, i i never felt that you you always feel slightly less pressure i find oh, okay. because you're not you know like when you go out on loan you you're part of a 
a league and outfit then where you can get relegated, you can get promoted, but you know... It doesn't affect you as much. But then there's always the potential that if you go back to your parent club and they don't want you, then that club then who you're out on loan, if you do a good job for them, they could look at signing you. Do you know what I mean? So if you get released from your parent club, then the loan, the loan club so may, may end up signing you. So it's a complicated kind of mindset for you going out on loan, isn't it? Because on one hand, you go, look, I don't feel as pressure, but there is pressure on me because my parent. It's it's a different yeah. pressure you, from you, everyone else. Yeah, you still else. have to do well. Yeah, of yeah. course. And you still have to perform um, to keep playing, obviously, in that team. Yeah, and you've got to think there's got to be players from Chelsea that think they're big time going out on loan to these lower division clubs. And it's just... It just wouldn't fit, would it? For a yeah, lot of, it'll be a lot of it guys. will it'll be a shock to the system for a yeah. lot of them because they've they've been so sheltered in that academy makeup and that that environment where they, you don't play for points and and then when you do go on loan, it is it it takes a while to to get that hunger and that and that desire and and that just that mentality of winning. Yeah, um, and how much three points really means yeah, to a club. Yeah, because sometimes when you go out to lower clubs and you got lads there who won't be on as much money and yeah. you know need need that win bonus or you know need to stay up so they get another contract you know to support the families and kids whereas a young kid from Chelsea who's on thousands of pounds a week it wouldn't mean a lot to some of them do you know what I mean yeah it's Not bizarre isn't yeah. it yeah so yeah it's interesting yeah very much so that's that's similar to what Neil Kilkenny was saying when he was on the pod about yeah. the whole or he might have said it to us off air that the the importance of promotion and relegations was that that players then fight for their um it's how you breed that culture yeah, of winning and that winning in, mentality. Yeah, play yeah. F- fight to win and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And all these kids that, you know, turn 17, get a pro contract and have more money than their dad who, you know, has been grafting all his life. Exactly. Um, Working a second job in some cases in the league too, kind of. Don't mind league, going yeah. out on loan probably because they're still winning their cash. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. But um, we'll leave it there for this one. Big few big games. What's the biggest game this weekend, Bryce? Uh, it's Liverpool versus Chelsea. So Liverpool... We're just going to Stamford Bridge to see if they can uh, make up for their Carabao Cup defeat at the hands of Chelsea. So that should be a cracker, it's yeah. Funny when that yeah, happens and play, teams play each other twice in a week. In two it's weird, isn't it? It's lucky. really strange. Lucky how it works out. Oh, just, yeah. just to note as well, Liverpool have only won 18 league titles. Man United have actually won 20. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how many fingers did Harry Wilson ha- put up when he <laughs> scored the goal? Five. Five <laughs> Champions Leagues. Yeah. Thanks for coming, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. That has been episode eight of the Shooting Stars Premier League podcast. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. See you, mate. We'll uh, we'll be back next week to do it all again. Here comes Alan Shearer. It's Shearer for Newcastle. The way he brought that down was fabulous. Cantona. Oh, Aguero. Only football can make you feel like this.